Welcome to Rollin' with Ungayo, a travelogue with weed. Join us every week as intrepid chronosaur Ungayo Bilam talks about life from the road. Every week brings a new city. Every week is a new adventure. Every week three are buses to take, foods to eat, friends to make, ideas to share, and joints to smoke. All that and dessert first. And now, here he is, the globetrotter of ganja, the dank diplomat, the bard of buds, Ungayo Bilam. You're rolling. No, you're rolling with Ungayo. We're all rolling with Ungayo right here on CannabisRadio.com. Comes to you just about every week where we talk about, what is it? I had a uh, description. It's a travel log with weed. There we go. This Today is the 31st. Rent is due tomorrow. Get your shit together. I'm in Sacramento, but I've been on the road. I was just in San Francisco and uh, Berkeley for a hot minute. You know, uh, we usually do dessert first right here, but I got to say that I didn't really have any desserts. Does granola count as a dessert? I ate a lot of granola because uh, I was hanging out with my son at my ex-wife's place, and she always has a lot of granola. And I'm a fan of granola, although I don't keep it around the house. I don't know why. Um, but granola, right? It's got raisins. It's got sugar. You eat it with meat, with milk, <laughs> with meat. I don't know if you'd want meat nola. That would be weird. <laughs> I guess you could put uh, beef jerky or some sort of turkey jerky in your granola. Isn't there a, like, I think it's Oberto or somebody. One of those dried meat joints has come out with like a dried meat trail mix, which I don't know. I don't know. I think I tried it one time and the results were mixed. Um, but you should still indeed have dessert first. Um, although I have not had many desserts this week, I had granola and that's what we're going to talk, but have dessert, dessert first. And then now we're moving on. We're moving past the dessert segment. It's very short today and we're going to do other things. So, um, I was in San Francisco and Berkeley, like I said, but then really mostly not mostly because I was mostly in San Francisco and Berkeley, but after I left San Francisco and Berkeley, I went up to visit my homies farm. You can check them out on Instagram, green shock farms g-r-e-e-n-s-h-o-c-k they're awesomely cool he came in second place in the emerald cup last year with a, a cut called purple candy cane which is one of my favorite favoritest all-time favorite most favorites favorites of all time it's a great marijuana is my point um and so i went up there to visit because he's uh uh you know it's harvest time and you, you gotta go you got i like to look i'm one of those weird weed dudes like i don't really grow any weed uh, i don't have the time or the space but i do love to go visit people's farms and just wander around and look and, and say things like oh mm. oh that smells delicious oh is this the this is the jelly bean cross with purple lava cookie oh it's fantastic in the pines that's a mendocino strain isn't it was it blah blah do you go for seed yada 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 what do you do i understand that rust mites have been a problem not, not at my homie's farm. He's really good at these things. But just in general in California, uh, with the hot weather that we've been having, apparently uh, rust mites are can be a small nuisance unless it gets really, really hot. And then they fuck like rabbits, right? Apparently they only lay eggs every four or five days unless it's in the 90s or 100s. And then they lay, lay eggs every one or two days. And as you know, uh, that's exponential, right? It's like getting fleas. Once you get two fleas, if you're not careful, you end up with two to the eight millionth power of fleas because it's not linear. It doesn't go one flea, two flea, three flea, four flea. It goes two, four, eight, 16, 32. It's like uh, computer power, right? 256, 1048, 
Omaha 42 hike. Uh, set, huh. uh, football season's coming, you guys. We could talk about weed and concussions for a minute, but I'm rambling. So I was up there at the farm. Everything's coming along fine. The hot weather means that you have to water your plants a little more and be more careful of rust mites. But uh, other than that, everything's looking good. There, I feel like there's going to be a glut, a glut of weed on the market, which creates its own challenges for the smaller grower, right? Because we were sitting up there talking, me and my boy Mark, who runs the farm, he's been a grower for 20-something years. And we were remembering the days when you could get 3000 4000 a pound. For good indoor outdoor marijuana, five thousand a pound for good indoor marijuana, um, and this was just in the the late nineties, mid two thousands. After the when the Los Angeles cannabis dispensary business started booming, right? So um, there there were only like one or two dispensaries in L.A. in like two thousand. Let's see, when did I get divorced? I got divorced in two thousand four. So in two thousand four, there were maybe two cannabis dispensaries right but then after that they started booming like like starbucks's and so all of a sudden there's 25 and there's 35 it's exponential right then there's like 60 cannabis dispensaries those guys all need marijuana and so everybody would roll up to humboldt county and buy a shit ton of weed and roll down and sell their weed to the dispensaries in uh, in la and, you know, prices are premium. And also so part of the psychology of Los Angeles is those guys think that if they pay more money for something, it's better. That's just how it is. They they there were clubs who would advertise hundred dollar Kush. It's a hundred dollars for an eighth of Kush. And, you know, I tried it. Like, I didn't buy it because I'm opposed to paying more than sixty dollars an eighth on general principles. Uh, but I managed to get a hold of some. And it wasn't it wasn't uh, Maybe it was because it was free for me that I didn't have the respect for it that I should have had. But it wasn't, like, mind-blowing. Like, oh, my God, this is completely worth $100. But he couldn't keep it in stock. That's the thing. As soon as he called it $100 Kush, everybody wanted to come in and try it. It's like a gold-plated cupcake or some bullshit like that. Uh, but prices aren't like that anymore. You're not getting $3,000 a pound for, for good uh, outdoor marijuana. You're lucky to get 1800 or 1200 a pound. And there's going to be even more weed in the pipeline what with legalization coming up in california in january and so it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how that all comes out and it just puts pressure on the smaller farmers right these guys are these big giant warehouses they can crank out tons and tons and tons and tons of weed but the guy who maybe just has a couple hundred three hundred plants on on their farm uh, and they rely on a, a decent steady price, the prices are going to be depressed. So that, I think that's the thing. Like if you have a smaller farm, you have to be more willing to jump on the craft style and make sure you have good backstory, right? It could, just can't be, oh yeah, I grew some weed here. You can buy it. You got to be like, oh, this Mendocino Valley purple skunk was lovingly grown with organic processes by three master growers who have been in the woods, learning from Tibetan monks the secrets of 
of proper marijuana cultivation. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a story. You got to have some stickers. You got to have a thing. You can't just be like, here's some weed. It's not like that anymore. It's not, it's not, these aren't the days of when you be happy when your weed man had two different kinds. People go to the dispensaries and get upset. Like those guys only had 25 different kinds of marijuana. I don't know how they stay in business, which I was always, I'm always think that's hilarious. How spoiled some of the people are now when you look at marijuana. It's just, it's just funny to me. And, and I, I admit, I'm I'm like that sometimes too. I go into the club, and I'm definitely kind of a a, a a window. What would you say? A window shopper, apparently, right? Uh, I'm I'm down to walk into a club and look at their marijuana, and if I don't see anything I, I like, I won't I won't buy it. Is that weird? Is that weird? Do people do that? Do you or do you when you go to your marijuana club? Do you always walk in with the express intent of buying marijuana, or you just sometimes go to take a look? It's like thrifting. Well, maybe not thrifting, but you know what I mean. You know, because that's how it is. We talked about the Seattle Hemp Fest last week uh, and, and, and my problems with Washington dispensaries. I didn't even set foot in one. I didn't go to any dispensaries when I was up in the Pacific Northwest last week. I just smoked uh, local weed and friends weed. And it was it was really, really nice. Um, so that's that. So harvest season should be here probably in maybe three, four more weeks. Things are starting to come up. Things are getting good. It's looking exciting. I'm very excited about it uh, because, you know, as we get closer to harvest season, that means we get closer and closer to the Emerald Cup, which is always a fun time. I don't know if you've ever been to the Emerald Cup. If you've never been to the Emerald Cup in Santa Rosa, California, uh, plan ahead. December 9th and 10th at the Santa Rosa or Sonoma County Fairgrounds uh, in Santa Rosa, California. Always a great time. Great music, great bands. I'm generally the host uh, MC on the main stage. And uh, if you just like to stare at marijuana or smoke a lot of marijuana or hang out with thousands of people who also like to stare at marijuana and smoke marijuana and listen to music and dance and do uh marijuana type things it's the place for you and they have food trucks so there's food and weed you can't really go wrong the only thing that would make it better was maybe if they had like a sex room in the back but i'm sure if you were inventive you could find a way to have sex there. I usually don't because I'm too busy working, but <laughs> I'm sure we can figure out something. If you get there, call me up. I'll try to find you a secret room. If you're like, Hey man, I'm stoned and I want to have sex with this person, not with me, but with the person that you brought, or maybe some person that you met or found there. I will try to find you a spot. Dude. We could find a, a, a supply closet or, or under the bleachers. When was the last time you had sex under some bleachers? Come on, man. Live a little. Live it up. All right. So that's me rambling for the first segment of the show. We'll be right back to talk about a few more things right here on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling with Ungayo. Rolling with Ungayo needs to roll some commercials from our sponsors. So stay right here. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? 
At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Rolling with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome. And we're back. Thank you for sitting through the commercials, and thank you for listening to me, and thank you for coming to my shows, and thank you for being yourself. Thank you for being a stone friend. You roll my joints through thick and thin. Something like that, right? You're a, a stoner and a bon vivant. I'm just, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing at this point. Um, what else did I do last week? I kicked it in San Francisco. I played pinball. Uh, I went and saw baby driver again for the second time, which was, uh, it's a, it's a really, 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 really good movie. And I think what I appreciated the second time about this movie was the sound design. Like the first time it was all good characterization and I enjoyed the cinematography a great deal. And, uh, Jamie Foxx was pretty good and John Hamm was pretty good and the the kid playing the lead what's his name Aton Egbert or something was also very very good uh and the car chases were superb um but I think what I noticed most the second time through was the sound design I thought was state of the art because uh this isn't a spoiler if you haven't seen, first of all, if you haven't seen Baby Driver, fucking go see it. Get off your ass or bootleg it or what, do whatever the kids do. I don't know how you do it. Um, but I really appreciated that the sound design really kind of puts you in his world because he's got tintinitis, right? So he's always got a little bit of a ringing in his ear. And uh, I thought they reflected that very, very well. And I don't know how to explain it other than that. You should just go see the movie and, and listen. Don't just go see the movie. Go listen to the movie. Ooh, enjoy the movie with, with at least two of your senses. You can't really uh, feel a movie or smell a movie. Although they tried that. Do you guys remember Smell-O-Vision? It was like one movie. Was it a John Waters film? I can't remember. Somebody did Smell-O-Vision one time. So they gave you little uh, scratch and sniff cards. And, you know, when a skunk would walk by... They'd be like, number three, and then you scratch the number three, and, oh, that's good. And then, you know, somebody would be walking through a field of roses or some shit, and you'd scratch it. I, it's a gimmick, right? But, shit, what isn't? What isn't a gimmick? I'll tell you what's not a gimmick. The flooding in Houston. That's what it isn't. Uh, please, please donate. Do what you can. Uh, send money, send food, send diapers, send whatever you need. Uh, go in a boat. If you're not in Houston already helping out, why not? I'm not. And so I'm a hypocrite for saying that. But uh, if I could be there, I really would. Because uh, it's this is probably the biggest natural disaster in the States in a while. And I really think it's God punishing us for allowing Trump to be elected. I don't know why they'd punish Houston and not Wisconsin. But 
uh, God works in mysterious ways. There are some fun things that have happened, some good things that have happened. Uh, one, Joel Osteen has been exposed as uh, a non-Christian fraud. <laughs> and let's talk about this. Let's talk about how uh, if you're a con man, sometimes when you're running a long con, you have to do the right thing uh, as part of the con. See, and this is how he blew it. Right. So if you don't know Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen is a, a mega preacher. He's got a giant church that used to be a basketball arena. It holds 16,800 people. He's got a $10.5 million house outside of Houston. His, his, uh, his basketball arena church, Lakewood Church, uh, holds 16,000 people. And he's a prosperity gospel. God wants you to be rich. If you're not rich, it's because you don't have enough faith in God and Jesus, which is weird because most of my understandings of Jesus is like, you're supposed to give away all your stuff and go help people. You know, I don't, I can't claim to be a Christian, but I've audited a few churches and uh, I've taken, a, I've, I've taken a few classes. I went to a Catholic school. So from my understanding of Jesus is you're supposed to run around loving people all the time, being super radically accepting and ministering and loving and supportive and helping people with their shit. So there's a big flood in Houston, right? Uh, people are stranded. Cats are stuck. The Cajun Navy has to come in from Louisiana and get people off of rooftops. Um, all kind of mosques, all sort of smaller churches, all sort of places, anybody with space and room, uh, gyms, warehouses, the mattress warehouse guy opened up his warehouses to house people because people don't have houses, right? So now there's this big 16,000 person capacity church in a relatively dry area of Houston run by a filthy rich person, right? And he wouldn't open the doors, right? He tried to claim flood damage at first, but uh, people went up there with you. See, this is the thing, man. It's the 21st century. You can't claim shit because people are on the verify tip. And it's really easy to take your little Twitter camera up to someone's church and walk around and be like, nope, he's not flooded here. Nope, he's not flooded there. Look how dry it is inside his fucking church. Uh, and, and so then his response was to put up a thing on his website. Hey, look, you can donate to disaster relief, which was really not. It was not like you were sending it to uh, to, uh, to to the Red Cross or to some even more direct philanthropical organization because the Red Cross has problems with transparency. They take a lot of money, but no one really knows where the money goes, probably to the Illuminati. Um, and so everybody on Twitter started shaming him. And so finally he opened up his church when had he not been a dumbass, he would have been first in line to be like, Oh my God, you know, this is terrible. We're going to open up our church right away. And you can send us money to help us with all these people that we were trying to feed and all that stuff. And he could have made millions by doing the right thing first. Right. This is like, see, just because you run a long con doesn't mean you have to be a selfish ass. You understand? Where I'm coming from, right? So this this is so people had to shame him into acting like a Christian. When when you would think if you're acting like a Christian, you would try to, you know, fake it till you make it, brother. Act like a Christian in the right ways. Don't just act like God has given you such great favor and you can't pay it back. And I'm sure it's just that he didn't want a bunch of poor homeless people dragging their muddy fucking feet through his delicious million dollar rug, but you got to do the right thing. Sometimes, man, you can't, you can't be an ass. You understand? You have to, you have to set it up. And so had he been uh, smarter about his fakery, he would not have had these problems. And he's probably lost 
millions of dollars now because people have seen him for the sham and the fraud that he is. And that's his own fault. He brought that on himself. So, or maybe God, maybe God brought it on him. Maybe God is teaching him a thing. And that's, a, that's how some people are trying to pitch it. Well, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So maybe God has used the people of Twitter and social media to show Joel Osteen how to be a better Christian. And meh, meh. He succumbed to, to public pressure into doing the right thing. And it, it shouldn't have been that. He could have, he, had he been smart about his larceny, he could have jumped right into it and done it, done it better the first way. But anyway, that's that's all there is to that. Um, so I'm just glad he's doing the right thing. We thoughts and prayers and money and effort to the people in Houston and all the surrounding cities. Uh, much love to the Cajun Navy. Much love to to the people that have lost their lives uh, trying to help other people. Um, it's a it's a shame and it's a travesty. And these things should. I mean, these things are going to happen, right? We have climate change. Uh, storms are going to be gigantic. There's even a bigger storm in India right now. Uh, and I know this has nothing to do with weed, but life is life, man. There's a giant storm in India. They got 1,200 dead out there. We got, we're going to have hundreds of dead. Once the floodwaters recede and we start going house to house to find the bodies, it's going to be an interesting thing. And then, you know, the rebuilding is going to happen, and no one's going to do that right either. You would think that for rebuilding, what's supposed to happen is it's supposed to be an economic boom. Right, because you need workers. Apparently, uh, I've read one study that said they're going to need more construction workers than they even have in the United States to rebuild Houston. So cats have to come from everywhere. So listen, if you're a young person in high school or college right now, you might want to think about learning construction and moving to Houston and building houses and shit. But the problem, of course, is they're not going to try to give you uh, a living wage, which is how it should be, right? You're supposed to, so then now, since you need so many of those guys, the price should go up. Supply and demand should, should, should create that. When you talk about, this is the, this is one of the problems with capitalism as it is practiced in America. And I only have a, a few minutes left to talk about it. These guys always want to socialize the losses, but privatize the profits. You understand where I'm coming from? So, We'll see. We'll just we'll just see what happens. Um, I hope it all works out, and uh, I'm gonna try to get down to Houston as soon as I can to do whatever I can to help out. Everyone should. Uh, this is rolling with Ungayo on a somber note. Usually we're all high and bubbly, but there's been a lot of shit going on in the street. Oh, that was another thing. I will talk about this. We'll talk about this other thing when I get back. All right, right here on CanvasRadio.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Thank you. Rolling with Dungayo needs to roll some commercials for Introducing 420 Cloud, right ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. 
thousands affected by Hurricane Harvey urgently need support. Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS or text the word Harvey to 90999. Your support is critical. We cannot do it without you. Rollin' with Ungayo is back, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're welcome. And away we go. So we're back. So we're talking about Houston, uh, people helping other people. It's beautiful to see the love of Americans coming together. And and, and, and that is one thing, right? Natural disasters do bring uh, people together in in ways uh, that was the thing about the earthquake in 89 that i was in everybody in san francisco went out of their way to start helping people uh we saw it with katrina we, we're seeing it now with houston cats come in from everywhere people show up doctors without borders gets involved everybody does a good thing so these these things are nice that, that, that's important um so i just hope it all continues i just hope it works out for everybody it sucks and you know uh, they're going to rebuild all these houses and whatnot, but how expensive are they going to be? Is it still going to be affordable, right? You know, so now you're going to push all these poor people who used to live in Houston, uh, which is the like the fourth biggest city in the country and has a lot of industry. We'll see. We'll just see. We'll just see what happens. Well, another thing that happened was last week when I was in the Bay, uh, the, what, what are they called? Prayer Patriots, which is a weird thing. Uh, tried to have some sort of Unite the Right rally in san francisco first and that got shut down pretty quick those guys fucking cowards they uh they they didn't show up and then so then they were gonna have another one in berkeley and that also got weird publicity because from all the accounts that i read from all my friends that were there and from the people that i know that were there it was relatively peaceful it was a relatively peaceful uh protest there of course there were some skirmishes, uh, but that's all you would hear. That's all you would, would hear from the, the mainstream news. Like, oh, Antifa beat a Trump supporter. Oh, Antifa beat a white supremacist. Oh, Antifa beat a journalist. That guy's not a journalist, by the way. He's a doxer. They, he was claiming to be a journalist, and all he does is go around and videotape uh, anti-fascist or anti-white supremacist activists and then try to get them doxed so that people can send them death threats and call their job and complain. And I feel like, um, and, and I don't think that it's hypocritical or a double-edged sword to say that white supremacists should lose their jobs, but that people fighting against white supremacy and fascism should be able to keep them. Matter of fact, people fighting against white supremacy and fascism should get promotions. That's how I feel about it. And if you don't feel about it that way, you're probably a white supremacist. <laughs> so there was talking absolutes will pretend everything is binary um so don't fall for the hype man and don't and don't fall for this bullshit don't antifa and the kkk and the black lives movement are not all the same thing right it's pretty easy to break down right here's the kkk we think uh all white people should be in power and anyone who is not white should be either dead or a slave right and then here comes antifa hey you're full of shit and we don't agree with you and we will fight you and then everybody goes, oh, see, both sides are just as bad. And that's not true, man. Both sides aren't just as bad. Uh, there's, there's, there's levels to this shit, man. You can't just, you got to think for yourself, you guys. All right, that's enough. That's enough of that. This has been a very serious show, but these are very serious times. Come see me. 
come see me uh, September 10th at the Momo's above Harlow's in Sacramento. I'm doing my Fancy Pants Cannabis Tasting Party September 16th in Fair Oaks, California. You can text me to 13804-6121, Mike Jones, to get more information about that. If you are in the Northern California area, it's going to be a hoot and a holler. I will also be at a Mike Calvin Jr. show September 30th somewhere in Sacramento. It's like a comedy smokeout festival thing. I thought I was going to be at the great Midwest Harvest Fest in Madison, Wisconsin, but I'm turns out that I'm probably not going to be there. Well, I'm not going to be there. Unless you guys want to sponsor an airline ticket, sponsor me for an airline ticket, man. Somebody buy me an airline ticket to Madison, and uh, I'll head right out. As always, uh, fight fascism, fight racism, stay hydrated, be excellent to each other, love yourself, love your friends, follow me, on the social medias, NGAIO420, listen to CannabisRadio.com all the time, unless you're listening to me on Spotify, because I need the passive income. Have a great day. Take care of yourself. We all love you very, very much. I'd like to thank everybody at Cannabis Radio. I'd like to thank my homies at Saturn Ranch. I'd like to thank Million Glass. I'd like to thank Fire Sale. That's F-I-R-E-X-S-A-L-E.com for being hella cool and all that good shit and have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you later next week thank you for listening right here at canvasradio.com to rolling with Ngaio out Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.